This week, we're giving our impressions on a couple of new games and a new DLC. This is the Good Game, Bad Game podcast. This is a song I wrote about the Good Game, Bad Game podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Good Game, Bad Game podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, and with me is a man who claims Bustin' makes him feel good. It's my co-host, Mike. Mike, happy belated Halloween. Hey, happy belated Halloween. Discord made us sure to know that. <laughs> Discord did make us sure to know that. Did you uh, did you get up to anything spooky? Uh, no, frankly, I kind of forgot that... Uh, Halloween existed this year. Oh. I was going to watch Five Nights at Freddy's. Okay. Topical. Uh, last night. Uh, but that didn't happen. I need to watch it when Justine's not home. Uh, so I might be I might be celebrating Halloween today, <laughs> day of recording. Um, I have a tradition mm-hmm. that, frankly, I've only really done once. But I still <laughs> like to believe that it's a tradition. Um, I usually watch Silence of the Lambs every Halloween. I like how you just said you've done it once. <laughs> so, uh, almost ten, almost ten years ago now. Uh, it was right when I I was a freshman in college, and it was Halloween, and I just had nothing going on. So I stayed up all night and watched all of all of the Silence of the Lambs movies. Okay. Um, and I thought that was fun. And then, so the next year, I just watched Silence of the Lambs on okay. Halloween because, okay. frankly, that's the only one that I I care for. And every year since then, I have tried <laughs> to watch it, but <clears throat> for a while, it wasn't on any streaming services. Gotcha. And my cheap ass didn't pay the five dollars to just buy it outright until like three years ago. Um, but three years ago, I got married. My wife doesn't tend to favor the movie, so um, the tradition of watching it on Halloween has kind of ceased, and now I just kind of watch it in the Halloween window. I gotcha. Okay. I like it. So. Um, big, uh, big Anthony Hopkins guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. great. Big fan. Big fan. Silence of the Lambs. That's, uh, that's, would you fuck me? Yeah. I'd fuck me, right? Yeah. Bet. Classic, classic quote. Goodbye, horses and such. Puts the lotion in the basket. Yeah. Love it. I love, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you realize that you do this a lot, and I certainly mean no offense when I say this because I, I genuinely, be I know, I genuinely love this. Um, <laughs> so many of your stories will start out with, I meant to do something, <laughs> and then end with, but I didn't. <laughs> and it's just, it's such a set them up, knock them down joke 
or not it's not even a joke but for me it is like i like I, I hear you start to say it and i would just wait for the punchline which is you not doing the thing that you wanted to do and every time it makes me laugh it's always fun it's never not I, funny to me i'm not offended i'm <laughs> glad that you find it funny because every time i tell a story <laughs> i just die a little on the inside <laughs> it's like i could be doing something really cool right now but guess what you're and recording then... a podcast oh yeah <laughs> oh my god it's just i have good intentions i have things i want to do and you know it, it goes one of two ways either i really want to do something and life just grabs me by the balls and says no <laughs> or i really want to do something but the feeling of not doing something it just outweighs the it's, feeling of actually doing something too euphoric yeah no right. i hear you I hear saying you. you're going to do something and then not doing it is like yeah it's been, like a peak before the praises have been sung before but canceling plans oh <laughs> nom 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 it's too good um <laughs> all right so halloween technically hasn't gone to plan just yet but uh well, so far it's gone to plan oh in the sense that You've meant they to watch it, but didn't watch it. Yeah, gotcha. Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, I tell everybody I have this tradition, but then I don't actually do it. <laughs> but I want to. I think wanting to do a tradition is is good enough, right? To like, there's intention. Yeah. Um. Take me through. So it's been two weeks since we've talked. Ish. Yeah. Um. Take me through the games you've played. I guess outside of the games that we plan to talk about. Well, I got bad news for you. Go on. That's that's really it. Gotcha. Just the games we, we talked about. Okay. And then, of course, how I wanted to play Jusant. And right. then I didn't. Of course. And how I was supposed to play Forza for the sake of this episode. And I didn't. Mm. Well... Ain't that a well. bitch? <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well, oh I also have not been able to play much outside of uh, the games we'll be talking about. So I think we can just dive into it. But I do real quick before we uh, start singing praises of games, just want to highlight the rather depressing news that came from uh, Bungie uh, yesterday or two days ago, basically at the beginning of this week, if you're listening to this um, as it comes out, which is that they had to lay off, um, I think it was like 8% of their staff. Um, well, they didn't have to necessarily lay off. They did lay off. Uh, I think it was 8%. It was like roughly 100 employees. Um and I know we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, but it's a really like dark trend for gaming to be going going in. I know I sent you kind of like somebody had tweeted a post, so I don't know where they got the numbers from, but it's basically the post was like, look at how great gaming's doing. Look at how much it's expected to grow. You know what the the uh, like population size of gamers is. Um, you know, look how 
how great the revenue of gaming is. And then immediately it's just like shot chaser because then it's like 6,000 people have been laid off this year. Mm-hmm. Um, just seems so impossible. Like that we've seen so much success this year in terms of the releases yet. We're not seeing people right, rightfully rewarded for it. Um, and it really sucks. And so again, before we go and like praise these like great games that we're about to talk about, um, like it sucks that the humans that are behind it are not fairly being rewarded for the work in putting out all of these all of these games. So I have a couple thoughts. And the first one is I would like to see the statistics of how many of these people were COVID hires. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like many organizations and we've seen layoffs across the board, no matter what industry you're in. Um, companies just had to hire a bunch during COVID to get by, whether it was um, you know, actual frontline staff that they needed or extra in the case of game development like maybe you need extra developers because the company believes if you're not in the same room you can't be as efficient i don't know i would really like to see those numbers yeah uh and my second thing that i I happened to see was some more information that's been coming out i'm sure you've seen it it's like three bullet points and it's like this decision was made by Bungie and not by Sony mm-hmm. was the first one, which that was Paul, um, Paul Tassie. Tassie. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, and then there's another bullet point that these people were fired on the 29th. So they only got one extra day of benefit coverage because yep. that generally goes through the end of the month. And I don't remember what the other, what the other bullet point was, but it was basically um, shares because of the Sony acquisition. Like they had like right. shares that vest after so much time. And um, it's based on staying at the company and those shares revert to Bungie if you leave, even if you're fired. Right. So working in HR... I would be shocked if they only got benefits coverage till the end of the month. Uh, you know, usually when there is a, a, a severance situation, you get a package, you get X amount of pay, usually, not yeah. all the time. But I would say nine times out of ten, there's benefits coverage extended. They'll probably get it through the end of the year, which still not that, you know, that long given the, the landscape, but... Um, you know, they'll also be eligible for Cobra, which not great, but, and I'm not saying that's like a proper fill in, but, um, I, I would just like to see the details of the severance. Cause like, I find it very, very hard to believe that what Paul had put out there. And I know this is just what he was hearing. Mm-hmm. He doesn't work in HR. So, um, you know, these things sound scary, but I'd really like to see if they actually had coverage ending 1030 and lost those shares from the sale. Because again, if you quit, it makes sense. If you're fired for poor performance, it makes sense for you to lose those shares. Right. But if you're furloughed, um, 
you, know, you, you can't lose part of your compensation because of being furloughed. Right. And that would be considered part of your compensation. So um, <clears throat> I would like to get a little more detail on that. I think that was kind of a scare piece, but I've been shocked more in the gaming industry. Right. I think like some of that is that like, this is how it works. It's like up to Bungie if they're going to extend the like kindness, right? Like I think it's the idea that like they are not on the hook after the 30th or 31st, right? And um, I think that's mainly what it was getting at. And like it does clarify that like not health insurance. Like, health insurance doesn't end on the 30th or 31st um, at the end of the month. So it's like the other benefits that mm. they have access to. So, but I hear what you're saying. Um, I think the thing that was like really shocking, um, kind of to your first point, is that like I don't think it was simply just like the over hiring or anything like that because we saw some like really senior leaders um, let go and um, like people who. Uh, like the composer for Destiny who had been with Bungie since like 97 or something like that. Um, I think uh, an executive who had been there since like they were working on Halo stuff. Um, so it's not just like, it wasn't just the lowest people, you know? Um, right. But yeah, man, it just... Uh, Sucks. It sucks that we have to keep seeing it. I thought the interesting thing was uh, that people immediately jumped and assumed it was because of Sony. Um, which I know that first bullet says it's not. Technically, we don't know. I mean, obviously, like, we just don't know all of the behind the scenes. But um, I thought it was funny that people immediately jumped and said and assumed it was Sony's fault. And when they used to have issues, people blamed Activision. And now it's just kind of getting to the point where it's like, maybe the issue is Bungie's leadership. Um, like, Or maybe... Sorry. No, continue. just like within, you know? Yeah. See, for me, and I by no means like celebrate people getting furloughed, but it kind of makes sense for Bungie to downsize at this point. Because... Destiny 2, I think, has now officially wound down. Correct me if I'm wrong, if you know. I think they're doing one final uh, expansion. I thought that came out already. I don't know. I saw people all gaslit on Monday because of Destiny 2. <laughs> Maybe they were just being facetious due to the... Um, due to the layoffs i'm actually uh reading an article that came out two minutes ago from forbes uh and they said the layoffs were due or linked to the performance of destiny 2 yeah yep which is just incredible to me because i see people playing destiny 2 all the time and yeah. maybe it's just like the groups that i follow and there's a bias in there but i mean i think the glaring thing that i saw was that like they blamed missing revenue targets by 45%. And to me, that that tells me that like your revenue targets were wholly unrealistic. 
And again, I just like wonder like if you're missing the targets, who's who's setting those targets, right? Like, I don't know. Anytime you have layoffs, more often than not, it's a failure on leadership than it is on performance, right? Like it's it's almost never actually performance based, right? Like I understand firing somebody because they suck at what they do. Um, but when you mass lay people off because of how the business is doing, and then again, you're still collecting yourself this like massive check. It just, it's so like out of touch and like, uh, gross. <laughs> like there's yeah really no other way to put it. Um, and yeah, like setting like revenue targets or like rushing a game and then, and then blaming it's like launch <laughs> on the people who made the game. It's like, you're the dude who rushed the launch. Like you're the reason it launched in that state, but it always falls on the people who like made the game. Cause it's like, well, no, the game's bad because they made the game bad. It's like, no, they made the game bad because they didn't have enough time to polish it. It's just right, shit like that. Right. That like always bothers me with like, layoffs and and stuff like that within gaming because it always falls onto the lowest people you never see you, you never see the like ceo take up a, a pay cut right we talked about unless um, they're a japanese company i was gonna say we talked about nintendo right they did it for the wii u i don't have their name um in front of me but like we talked about it right and then you sent me the article and it's like even Japan's like retention numbers are like what 70% was what it said. And Nintendo's is 98%. That's disgusting. Yeah. That is insane. Like in the climate of today, like they are literally like the Mecca of how clearly how things should be done. Um, and yeah, you just don't see it. So, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know if you saw any of this information. Let me know if it was new, but this is what was in this, uh, or not new. This is what's in this Forbes article that just came out. Um, employees were just, they, they basically found out because they were locked out of all their systems, emails, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Some had short meetings uh, that they were told they were fired, but they were also told not to tell anyone about it. Mm -hmm. Yep. And others found out over Twitter. Um, they were not allowed to say goodbye to the other team members or exchange contact info. Uh, many team slash line managers had no idea who was being cut from their teams until it happened. Like, that's poor leadership. Yeah. And like, that's now what? Just, how do you reset? And I think the other thing that really bothers me and I don't, I don't remember this originally, but somebody, somebody claimed that when Sony bought Bungie for, what was it like 1.6 billion or something like that, that like most of that uh, was to help with like talent, um, uh, not acquisition, talent like retention. retention thank you. Um, Again, I don't know where that claim comes from, but like you think about that, right? Where it's like you're a company that just got this huge cash injection, but now you don't have the means for to keep a hundred people. I think, you know, I think they're trying to pivot away from being the Halo company. Mm -hmm. 
um, seeing as, like you said, the composer was fired, the person who designed the ha- the original Halo logo, mm-hmm. they got fired, um, and you know that kind of raises some suspicion in that, like uh, maybe a conversation was had between. Bungie and Sony, and not that Sony explicitly said you need to fire all these old Halo people, but you know, you need to have a strategic meeting mm-hmm. with the company that owns you and says, "What? What is our roadmap? What are we doing? Are we making Destiny again? I, I forget the name of the the franchise that they're bringing back as their first like marathon. Marathon, yes, thank you. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I understand that Bungie's supposed to be operating independently of Sony, but Sony doesn't buy you just to kind of let you run rampant. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's a it's a weird situation. Um It's a shitty situation. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it really it's not sucks. A good look. Um yeah, I mean, I think like again for all that it's worth, this has been an amazing year for video game releases, and um, it's like it's like when Barry Bonds hit seventy three home runs in a in a single season. And it's like yeah, but was it all natural? It's like this is the this is the the scandal, the asterisks that'll go next to every time you claim. 2023 was an amazing year in gaming, right? IGN's going to do an article in in 10 years and it's going to be like looking back and then there's going to be like 13 asterisks and at the bottom it's going to say also keep in mind that 7,000 people lost their jobs despite how amazing all of these games that we were listing were. Um, right. And that sucks. That's just not great. Uh hopefully uh you know, these people get picked up um, and, you know, get to have second chances or um, continue to work in the games industry. I think it sucks that there are so many people who are so passionate about the industry, yet you always hear how just like terrible the conditions are. Yeah, it's, you know, whenever there's big layoffs like this, it's funny because I feel like I see the same couple developers posting jobs at the same time mm-hmm. you know, on Twitter. Uh, I think 343 was a big one. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, they have the opportunity to do the be... funniest thing, which is bring in all these people, basically. <laughs> right. Right, yeah. I mean, you want to... I, there's obviously been some conflict about the quality of Halo since it's no longer been Bungie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, everyone made the joke that when Sony bought Bungie, they were gonna basically make the next Halo, but now they're getting rid of all of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, this could potentially be a really good thing for for Microsoft, and because um, I think Turn Ten was another one of the big studios that posted jobs right when this happened. Mm. Yeah, I mean, so, I think like the nice thing is like. the the actual workers seem to be very arm in arm you know they're they're very together there's a lot of camaraderie in the the space so you know talented people will 
land on their feet, but they shouldn't be falling in the first place. Right. So, um, yeah, again, just, I know probably spent more time than expected on that, but I, uh, would have been, I wouldn't have felt right not bringing this up before literally being like, Oh, I was, I was Spider-Man and it was amazing. Like, um, which I'm going to do now. So you're allowed to enjoy Spider-Man. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for, thanks for, (laughs) for making me feel better. Um, so let's talk about Spider-Man. Shall we? Yeah. I mean, you can talk about Spider-Man. I'm just going to sit here and listen. Yeah. So, um, and envy. I don't want it to be too one-sided and I certainly don't want to make you too jealous, but holy shit. I already am. It's very good. Very good game. Um, (laughs) I think, um, you know, I constantly have like a favorite games list kind of working in my head to some degree. And like, oftentimes I'll try and cheat my list for like top five by like saying like, Oh, well this entire series is in my top five because I can't just choose one game. Right. Uh, so like uncharted, for example, like all the uncharted games are just like 10 out of 10 for me. They're so amazing. They're all in my collectively as uncharted in my top five. Um, same with like last of us, last of us and last of us part two. Right. Like I can say which one I like more, but it's like, but they're both in my top five as just the last of us. Um, and that alone right there is like seven games for, (laughs) for, for, for five spots. Um, I really had the realization, um, playing Spider-Man. That's just like, these games are perfect. They are literally like the perfect games. Um, I actually was retroactively thinking about Miles Morales and just how genuinely, I think perfect that game is because of the pacing of it and all that stuff. Um, but anyway, Spider-Man came out on the 20th. Um, I had to go to Boston on uh, Sunday, which was the 22nd. Um, And uh, it was a late flight, thankfully. So I actually was able to finish the story uh, for Spider-Man 2. I wasn't able to like do all of like the side stuff and like normally I would clean up all the districts and do all that stuff. Right. Um, but I was like, I'm so close. I don't want to have to like come back to the story. Like I just want to like see it through at this point. And especially because a lot of people were talking about it online and I was worried about spoilers and stuff like that. Um, and it's just, I like, I'm in awe, like I'm in awe at how amazing pun intended the game was. Um, the story was amazing, just like the first game, just like Miles Morales. And, um, yeah, it just feels like damn near the perfect game. And I feel like I might throw that around a lot, but, um, yeah, uh, just, just amazing. And then after game back, I was able to clean up the rest of it. So, um, um, yeah. Basically did everything in it already, which is crazy. I completely ripped through it. Um, did not ruin my enjoyment of it at all. I actually think because I was able to play through it so quickly. Um, and like, mind you, it was still probably... I've, I've probably put in total now, like getting to like 100%. Probably like 30 hours. So it's like 
not too long, right? But um, yeah, certainly doesn't feel like short. Sweet spot for me, I think. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think because I like did it so quickly, um, I actually think like I could if they release DLC, which I'm gonna get into. I definitely think they will. Um. Then like I can maybe play through the game again. Um to kind of like re-enjoy it and then like flow into the DLC. Um, but yeah, uh, absolutely for me, a 10 out of 10. And uh, definitely think we were right to predict that it'll be up for for Goaty nomination. I, I'm happy to hear that it was great. But I did not expect anything different. Yeah. I mean, the first game was just so good. Yep. And it's just, it's it's really a testament because how many times can you make a Spider-Man game? It's not like you're in a different city. Yep. It's not like you're really getting any different characters. I mean, I would argue that Miles Morales is different. Mm-hmm. Um... But the fact that you can do that and still have what sounds like a riveting story, incredible gameplay. I mean, just that, like, I see just so much about the traversal. Mm-hmm. That's really the only gameplay I've seen. And I, I could just play that game and just go around New York City. And that's what I was going to say. Like, it, it just feels so good. Even unlocking, like, so the whole fast travel thing where it's like you just select an area on the map and then you're, like, there or in that rough area, just like uh, with your web gliders and like swinging around. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to like do so much in the city, like the like side activities in that section um, to like unlock fast travel capabilities. And even once I had fast travel unlocked, unless it's like, I only have one thing left to do and it's literally in the other corner. Um, I was swinging and web winging and doing all that stuff to get to wherever it was that I wanted to go because it's just so much it's just so much fun mm-hmm. I love games like that um, where you can fast travel but you don't want to and I mm-hmm. remember that being the case with the first Spider-Man mm-hmm. um, I think I only fast traveled to get the trophy in yep. the game other yep. than that I, I didn't bother because it was just incredible uh and that's one of the few games I can do it well. Yeah, it's just insane. And um, they ultimately like didn't change um, too much. So like when you think about like the combat and stuff, for the most part, that like plays relatively the same. You have like different abilities now in this game. Um, but like beyond that, like it just had that same feel, which I think is a good thing, right? Like you don't want that to change. I think uh, people love to equate the Spider-Man games to the Arkham games and every Arkham game um, is like that, right? Like the one thing that carries over is the combat. um, And it's the part of the game that's like so good. Um, And so that was nice that they didn't like do too much tweaking there. And yeah, just like, um, Again, like, I don't want to, like, get too into it, but um, it's just, it really was just, like, so incredible. And to your point, um, 
the expectation is already so high. And the fact that they were still able to kind of clear expectations, in my opinion, um, was just uh, awesome. Yeah, I so for me, the the PS5 envy has certainly kicked in. <laughs> um, you know, and it's funny because I, I still haven't played Miles Morales because I was waiting to play mm-hmm. it on PS5, but I'm like. I might just play it on PS4. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, this game. And then now, of course, all the Wolverine hype is here. And how it's evidently going to be um, similar in terms of style and gameplay and such. Yeah. To, to Spider-Man. And, it's, and uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm starting to get uh, a little envious. Yeah, this is uh this is definitely the one I feel like um to like pull, you know what I mean? Um yeah. like maybe God of War, right? Like if you played God of War on PS4 and you were like, "Wow, it was so good." Then I would be like, "Yeah, okay." Um but yeah, I I feel like Spider-Man's got just such incredible pull. And yeah, rightfully so. It was uh it was great. I will say that I've done just about everything, but I will be revisiting it at some point. Um, because I did not get the platinum trophy. Because I'm holding off so that it can be my sixty ninth oh. platinum. Um Smart. So at some point I will be uh diving back into it, but yeah. Um Very good. And they, they did a good job, too, of, I think, um, setting up, like, how the story can continue, whether it is, like, DLC or, um, like, another full-blown game. Um, so, that was also uh, pretty cool. Like there are just certain funny. story beats that you're like, oh, uh, okay. I think I, I think I can see where this is going. It's funny to me that, you know, I, I can't stand the idea of an Assassin's Creed game coming out every year. <laughs> what if Spider-Man game did? Right. <laughs> oh, but, but man, it, it would get, see... it would get old fast. You think? I, I do. I really do. I think it's like see, I... the cadence has been perfect. Yeah, no, I I agree. What it's been five years, three games across five years. Yep. Yeah. Um, now, would you consider Miles? Sorry to kind of segue away from that, but would you consider Miles Morales its own game? Yeah, a hundred percent. Okay. Okay. It's kind of perfect. Like I think they like had a slightly lesser price point for it at fifty dollars, but like just the size and overall amount of content in it was perfect for again like what you would want out of a a game that's like this you know what i mean where it's like it's not too long uh it is like a tad bit shorter um but yeah i mean i still i i think miles morales is almost like again like the perfect game because of like all factors considered yeah yeah i would be curious to see if you could just like 
make DLC storylines at this point. Yeah. You know, we we make the gripe every year about how we don't want to buy a new sports game. We just want updated rosters. Yeah. Um, you know, unless they decide to, I mean, a Spider-Man game in like London or Tokyo or something would be sick. And I hope they do that. Uh, but, you know, if it's all going to take place in New York City, why not just have a $20 add-on for that storyline? Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I mean, this game, that's the other nice thing is like uh, everybody wanted to like call out. It's like, oh, the map is the same. Um, it's not. It's bigger because it's combining. Um, I, I think the entire Miles Morales map with the Spider-Man map. Um, but like, you know, there was so there was enough added in this game to truly feel like a sequel, right? You're playing as two different Spider-Men, um, mm-hmm. you know obviously just like the story is different um but like again the the abilities that you have as spider-man the uh fucking flying through the city um and just like your general traversal and stuff like that um was really like well done and then do you remember in the uh the first game how like you would you would put like an attribute on the suit yeah so they like got rid of that Okay. Which I like. I I really liked. Um, and they put more focus on like getting those like upgrade tokens and stuff like that, and putting them into like other stuff, uh, like your gadgets and and things like that. Um, and I just I don't know. I liked that more. I think. Um, than trying to figure out like the perfect balance with those like suit abilities. Um, so they like changed stuff like that and. I don't think any change was like for the worse. I think it was all for the better. That's good to hear. Um, I thought, I thought that that ability changing was kind of cool in Spider-Man one, but I could have, yeah, yeah, I could, I could have taken it or left it, you know, I feel like my, gripe with it was that like i literally found one and then had no like that was like what i felt like was op or like really good and it was just like at that point it's like i have no reason to use any of these other ones right so I it was just kind I of like a nothing too. burger you know yeah i think it was fun after so like during the main story i just used like one suit i don't remember which one i used but um then i think like once I got through main story and I was just going through the side missions, mm-hmm. uh, it was fun to just change based on the situation or based on how I wanted to play something. Sure. But yeah, I get that. Uh, but yeah, it was amazing. Um, loved every minute of it. Really actually looking forward to playing it again at some point. Um, it was that good. Same. <laughs> looking forward to playing it. <laughs> okay. Oh, you're al- you're already thinking about your second playthrough. Wow. Yeah, yeah, not even through my first, and I'm excited to play it again. <laughs> Love it. Um, all right, let's shift gears. Let's talk about a game that that you have some um exposure to, some some time in. Um, let's talk about Super Mario Bros. Wonder. Yeah. Have you played that? Have you played it all yet? Yeah. Uh, Shelby and I got through two worlds. Okay. Um. I think that's about as far as Justine and I have gotten together, but she is almost done with the game. 
<laughs> and she she got through she got to world five or six i think in like within 36 hours of it being released that's fucking incredible and and she's and that's that's world five or six and she has done everything she's found every like wonder seed every one of those like coins mm-hmm. um she does not go past a level until she has 100 percent of it that is awesome wow uh, yeah it's nuts uh so i think you know my my uh thoughts on the game will also kind of incorporate hers mm-hmm. um so super mario for, for background super mario is like her favorite game franchise ever um and so she was super stoked for this uh and i her her general sentiment has been she's really enjoying it um but she's finding it too easy. Okay. Um, compared to like, I don't know, her, I mean, her favorite is like the, the super Mario that was on the super Nintendo. Right. Uh, which I struggle to play because I am so bad at it. Uh, she's, she's enjoying it. She likes the changes. She thinks it's definitely kept it fresh yep. and made it, made it different. She's glad that you're not just, it's not the same storyline of, chasing princess peach mm-hmm. um so uh that's been good and then in terms of like my opinions on it i i i'm loving it frankly um and i've always enjoyed mario i've just always been so bad at it right and this one is definitely way more forgiving um, even with everything that's going on, like I kind of expected like the wonder part of it to be overwhelming, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a fun, it's a fun twist. I almost kind of get excited for finding that in each level just to see kind of like what, what is going to be different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other thing that we noticed if you're playing two player is you don't bump each other anymore. Yes. Which is incredible that was the main source of our demise whenever we play any of the older mario games together sure so uh that has been refreshing i also just want to speak to how smooth the game is and and aren't aren't the animations just incredible yeah it's it kind of feels like the movie, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's certainly the best Mario has ever looked, in my opinion. Yeah, um, yeah. I think a lot of people thought that with like Odyssey, right? Um, right. Because the visuals in Odyssey were were really good, but yeah, I think Wonder kind of takes the cake. Um, because it feels like they like changed what may feel like minor things, but like stacked on top of each other like make for like a pretty big difference but they're again they're small small enough that like you may not even really notice it and i'm talking about like stuff that's like when you go into a pipe um like luigi loses his hat and has to like pull it in um and like when you're the elephant you like 
get stuck and then like have to like really push yourself down in and like it's just like those types of things right um that's just like like that it's that attention to detail that like can go unnoticed and unappreciated yet when you do pick up on it it's the greatest thing ever um i just want to echo pretty much everything you've said uh like i also enjoy how forgiving it's been um like for the most part normally shelby and i are both relatively like bad um so it takes like a good bit of cheesing to to get through levels and stuff like that um but it hasn't really been that that way for this one uh love the like wonder i mean the level design for all of these levels is just insane like they had to have been on like crack or something with this stuff because it's so good it's just so good um no idea clearly was a bad idea and it works which is awesome um and then to your point about the bumping i love that we don't bump into each other anymore because that agreed was like the demise right you you both go to jump at the same time and one of you like jumps on top of the other and shoves them down into lava or something what i will say is that we don't love that we don't have the capability of picking each other up anymore again to like cheese levels and get coins and like get to areas where oh shit we were supposed to use that koopa to jump up there but we killed him because we had <laughs> because we had bloodlust i'll just throw you up there can't do that anymore um but otherwise i i don't think there's really been a bad change and it's just so great right? like that uh game series that's 30 years old is still extremely refreshing and fun to play now i think you can jump on the other player if they're yoshi right interesting i don't know there's something about so so the player you can play as pretty much or, or a subset of mario characters um and this year, there's no special abilities or like different traits, like how Luigi generally used to like jump higher, but mm -hmm. wouldn't run as fast as Mario. Um, there were, we noticed something, and we didn't really know what it meant, but they mentioned something about how all players play the same unless you're Yoshi or Nabbit Rabbit. Yeah, and both of them don't take damage, and they both can't take power ups. I don't know about anything beyond that. Okay. I'm, I, I'm pretty sure you can, if somebody plays as Yoshi, you can ride them. That's awesome. We haven't tried it yet, but I remember seeing that, like, in one of the, before release. Gotcha. In one of the demos. Um, I think it was Polygon released an article that was, like, Nabbit robbed me of the Super Mario Wonder experience. And literally everybody dogpiled on them and was like so quick to be like, you literally choose the character you play as, you dumb fuck. <laughs> you made the sandwich. You made the sandwich. If you know that Subway meme, Mike just finally learned about it. And if you don't know about it, congratulations, you're Mike 24 hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, so... Uh, with how much you've played, with how much Justine's played, and, and you've been able to like get her input, um, do you also feel confident about our prediction for this to be up for Game of the Year? I hope so. 
Uh, I, I certainly think it'll be nominated. Yeah. Uh, I could see it winning, like, Best Family Game. I think that was, like, a category in previous years. Yep, I think you're right. Um, and I'll, I'll say this, which surprised the hell out of me. We brought it to my in-law's house, and um, Justine's parents have always been, like, Mario people. Uh, and I think that's kind of why Justine is you know i think around this time last year we had their super nintendo set up for them and they were playing uh super mario mm -hmm. and we brought it over and we're talking about it and we're like eh, there's a lot going on here it's very different from uh previous mario games so we're gonna have them try it we didn't have our hopes very high that they would really enjoy it or like if they'd even be able to play it dude they fucking loved it uh, even like the elephant power up, they thought was so funny. That's awesome. And they they played quite a bit of it. Uh, like to the point where we're almost considering like getting them a switch <laughs> so they can, so they can play it. That's great. I mean, yeah, like that's I think what's so great about this one is that like it feels like anybody can play this game it doesn't feel like it has this like intense um uh like skill not necessarily barrier but like just like that it ramps up to the point where it's like unplayable right um there's a better way to say that it's just i'm blanking on it um but man i, I love that yeah we were super happy and of course it makes justine happy too because you know we can bring the switch over to their house and she knows her family will play with her right so um yeah I, we we were just so shocked and so happy that they enjoyed it that's great very wholesome too oh yeah love a good wholesome story shout out to shout out to mario for being the most wholesome um I'm trying to think is there anything else about wonder um how do you feel about the so like the, I, I think the levels are really good but then it feels like when you get to the actual like i call it like the end castle for each mm -hmm. world right where you like get go through it and then inevitably fight um bowser jr mm -hmm. uh kid koopa uh what else, what their name says he had um but regardless do you feel like that part of the game feels a bit like phoned in? I've frankly always found like castle battles to be easy. Yeah. Um. So it doesn't invoke any any different emotion than I have for any other Mario game. Mm -hmm. Um. So I mean, I would say it's it's true to the franchise i guess that's the best way i can put it yeah i don't know i guess i was just kind of hoping that like they might have revamped it a little bit but also yeah. i guess i guess i almost enjoy the fact that like you're going through these levels and there are various varying difficulties and you know 
maybe they're like getting annoying and stuff like that. And then right as you're like about to put the like final stamp on the world, you have the castle and the castle itself might be rather difficult, but then you know that like when you get to the end, it's like, okay, I'm at the end. And, and it's I, just three jumps on his head and we're good. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I, I do like that because getting to the final battle in the castle is generally pretty hard. Like, I, I, I start the boss battle from, like, when you're entering the castle. Um, and then the end is just kind of the end. Like, I think it's supposed to be more symbolic than anything. Um, it's kind of like the anti-Metroid, where, <laughs> like, getting through the world is generally pretty easy. But once you get to the boss, you, like, better hope you have saved before you went in. Right. Um, which, satisfying in and of itself, but... Totally different. Um, different yeah, ends of yeah. the spectrum. Yeah. Okay. That doesn't. It doesn't really bother me. Uh, I kind of like it. It also, like... Oh, this is another thing that Justine appreciated, um, which I'll say. But, you know, for me, um, it kind of keeps me playing. Mm-hmm. Because I, that's always been my issue with Mario is I get to like one frustrating level and I'm like, okay, I just want to get to a save point. Like, I'm not playing to see what's next. I'm playing to get to a save point so I can be done. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> if bosses were that hard, then I would never play for beating a boss. I gotcha. Yeah, no, that makes sense too. Like there is definitely uh, a feeling of satisfaction when you like steamroll or like, relatively easily make your way through it that's like i could keep going i got i got i got some more in me i got that dog in me <laughs> i got another one in me that's carbon <laughs> me um yeah so i think that's helpful for me the other thing that's that's new to this game is actually two new things uh the first being it saves after every level after every world which oh my god after every level as somebody yeah. who rage quits mario this is a godsend yeah. Um, so, and, and again, for me, I think to take the psychological aspect of it out, you know, I I just hate when I feel like I have to play a game to get to a save point. That doesn't motivate me. That just kind of like, again, it, it makes me feel like it's more about the destination than the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's very nice. And then the other thing is not having timers on levels. Yes. Yeah, that's actually very huge too. Um I I don't think Justine particularly likes that. Too e- too easy mode for her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she was like kind of hoping like with um new Super Mario Bros U or whatever the last one was mm-hmm. where you could do like the Luigi mode and you only get 100 seconds or something like that to mm-hmm. beat every level. Um she really liked that. So I think she likes having the time constraint. But um, I, th- I think it's in the, like, when you're in wonder mode, that has a time limit, too. It does, yep. So she kind of get you know, you kind of get your fill of it there. Right. And there are other, um, wonder mode has it, and then there are certain, like, um, those, like, badge ch- challenge levels. I think some of those yeah. are also timed, um, which is fun. I do like the badge system. Yeah, it's neat, right? 
Yeah. I know how I, I was sure just. I, feel about that. I know I was just saying how I hated it in Spider Man because that was effectively what it was. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I, I I really like it, and they they like. The, I think the good thing about it is, and the thing that's like different than Spider Man is that they like force you in some cases to use it, so you could still have a badge that you particularly like. Um, we've been using the, um, like the wall jump one that like. You jump yeah. on the wall, it bounces you up straight up the wall, and then you bounce again off of it. Um, we've been using that one, and then the one that like basically bounces you if you fall. Yeah. Um, those have been like the main two. Uh we also haven't like unlocked, you know, I don't know, maybe we've unlocked half of them at this point. I don't even know. But um yeah. Do like the badge system. Um, if you had to give Mario Wonder a score, what would you give it? Um, I think I would like to be further in the game before I give like a real review. But I mean, right now, um, I feel like I have to give it like an obligatory nine out of 10. Gotcha. Because I want to give it a 10 out of 10, but I also don't know if it's done anything special to be a 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. That's fair. But I'm just happy I can play it. Yeah. It's I, uh, definitely my favorite 2D Mario that I've played. Oh, yeah. Easily, I think. Um, yeah, I think I would give it a 10. But I'm like Paula. I want to see everybody go to Hollywood, so. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any reason to knock it so far. <laughs> I'm sure, like, but I also haven't played all that much comparatively, you know? Mm-hmm. That's true. I, yeah. I feel like once I beat the game, I will probably give it a ten out of ten. Right, I get that. Um, cool. All right, so that was Wonder. So Spider Man Two, Super Mario Bros. Wonder. Those are the new games, right? And then I think we finally. Um, I'm really excited to hear your thoughts. Um, to uh, and have the opportunity to dive into uh, Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty. Um. And yeah, I, I want to hear what your impressions are. I am back into it. <laughs> I'm back into cyberpunk. I also want to say that um, the last time we talked about this, I was bitching about the controls. Mm -hmm. And you can change it. Okay. And I did. So you can change it back to like classic mode. Which assigns crouching back to... B or circle. Um, gotcha. And goes back to all that. And that made me happy because the, the, the new controls for 2.0 were pissing me off. They were just not intuitive at all. And I kept fucking up when I was trying to crouch or like I couldn't run and slide. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't do that. So um, that was good. Uh, but I love the story. I love seeing Yersalba's gorgeous face all the time. The gameplay is still really fun and makes you feel like a badass. Um, I'm Does... remembering. Go ahead. Oh, I, I was gonna, I was just agreeing. It does. It makes you feel like a badass. Does a really good yeah. job of it too. Uh, my first couple hours of playing it, and I have not beaten it yet. Just for the record, okay. My first couple hours of playing it. I was so shocked because like these hordes, you'd have parts where there's like hordes of enemies and you're 
supposed to kind of like evade them or sneak around them, but mm-hmm. um, it didn't particularly work out in my playthrough. Uh, and I, my, fir- my, my first thought was, shit, this is going to be a pain in the ass. And I couldn't remember, like, it felt like all my healing resources were gone and I couldn't like remember a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I realized I was just confusing it with Starfield. Gotcha. And I'm like one-shotting a bunch of people and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Why is this so easy? Uh, and then I remember that was just how Cyberpunk was, is uh, and I was confusing it with Starfield, but so satisfying. I love it. Um, what's your like weapon of choice? Um, <clears throat> I rotate. I would say some degree of a sniper. Okay, that makes sense. Um, right now, I so if you play the um, oh, what is her name? From the main story, who's part of the um, the people who live outside of the city? Pan Am. Pan Am. Thank you. If you play the Pan Am like storyline, you get a sniper from her. Mm-hmm. And in the main game, I use the hell out of that. Uh, and then uh, eventually, at some point in the main game, I got a sniper. I think it's called O Five. Okay. But it only has three rounds before you have to reload. And they're exploding rounds. Oh. Uh, so I've been using that a lot. Uh, and then I generally use some degree of a suppressed weapon. Uh, right now I'm using a uh, suppressed assault rifle. Okay. And then usually a katana. Gotcha. Okay. Um... Uh, I was using the fiber wire in my in main game. Okay. Uh, but then when they made you like respec your person from the update... I decided to go with like the arm cannon thing mm-hmm. and I've been enjoying that. That's been super helpful. Nice. Um, I, to your point about like how powerful some of the weapons can be. I actually had like a suppressed pistol that I was using that it had like a buff on it. I forget what the name of it is already. So apologies, but it had a buff on it that was like, if you kill somebody, if you get a headshot and in stealth, the um, the like bonus multiplier on it was like some ridiculous number. So literally, like every area was like, okay, as many people as I can before tipping somebody off, and it was just like crouched and just like headshot, 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 and then all of a sudden I was like, okay, now I have people on me. Switch to like my smart rifle or something like that, and like go to town. So Damn. satisfying, dude. So much fucking fun. And it's just like I would love to know what pistol that was. <laughs> I'll, I'll, okay. I'll have to like go back and see if I can um see which one I'm using. Um it just so satisfying. And um like you said, like just in general, like makes you feel like a badass. Um how roughly how far into uh the like story of the dlc do you think you are i guess not terribly far i'm like the mission after you meet idris alba okay so you're probably i'm trying to think i think there's like 10 main story missions if i'm remembering correctly um 
something like that. Like maybe there's twelve. Um, but I want to say Idris is like third or fourth. Um, okay. So yeah, yeah, either way, right. you're probably not quite to the halfway point. Um, but it's literally like as soon as he's there, it's just like, yep, here we go. This is fun. Um, and the story is like really good from that point on too. Um, it's like a, uh, it's like just like a good old like spy. I don't know if thriller is the right word, but yeah, mystery stuff like that. Um, it's good. It's very good. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to play more of it when I have a weekend <laughs> here that I'm home. Um, the classic conundrum. I've been enjoying it. Uh, the only thing, the worst part about it is, um, I'm realizing how hard it is going to be for me to go back to Starfield and I still have not played Starfield since this came out. Yeah. Um, I was enjoying Starfield. Don't get me wrong. I was enjoying it. I think more than I expected to, Mm -hmm. but I mean, cyberpunk is just like the perfect game to me personally. Mm Mm-hmm. In terms of like story and gameplay and i i I get so sucked into that game um so starfield's gonna be hard yeah it's the the downfall uh to all of these releases like in such a tight window right you gotta figure out where to put your time into them i'm having the issue of like getting back to Baldur's Gate. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've still been putting like some time into it, but it's just like, there's other, other stuff to play. Right. Platinums to get. So. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't think there's anything else coming out from now until the end of the year. I might need to play Alan Wake. <sighs> yeah, dude. Everybody's talking about that. I I had that that thought of like I should probably just play the remaster. Um Yeah. Cuz I th- I think that was a monthly game or it's on the PlayStation Plus catalog, one or the other. Um so it's like I should really play through that and then probably buy Alan Wake too because yeah. Um I really like to control very trippy um Mm -hmm. but like yeah everybody's like raving about this game and i'm like oh fuck like probably need to hop on this so stay tuned for that uh, i don't think it's too much of a spoiler uh but i've been getting fed i've also seen like a bunch of people talking about quantum break okay uh there's apparently a couple easter eggs because that's what remedy does they Mm -hmm. just put these easter eggs from all their games in um but the main character from Quantum Break, who is the guy from Lost, mm-hmm. uh, I can't remember the actor's name. He's well, uh, in there. I don't know how big of a cameo it is, but he's in there. He was in Lost. I think so. I think he. I think you told me he was in Lost. Maybe. Um, what the fuck's his name? 
because it's either him or his brother that's Iceman from X-Men. And then one of them is also in Man of Medan. Sean Ashmore. Sean Ashmore. That's it. That's the guy. Yeah. He's uh, evidently in the, the game as someone named Tim Bender. Very close to Time Bender. Mm. Love that. Yeah. Yeah, Alan Wake definitely had a cameo in Control. Um, That was trippy. Yeah, uh, did and I think there was one. People are telling me there's multiple, but there I remember seeing one in Quantum Break. In Quantum Break, where they like explicitly say Alan Wake too. Yeah. yeah, good stuff. They do it pretty. They do it really well too. Like it's not, it's not so. Um, yeah, exactly. All right, so yeah, there's Alan Wake on the short list. But I think again for like that's that's out already. Um Right. I don't think there's anything release wise that's like I gotta clean up before this game comes out anymore this year. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> um Ooh. All right. Well anything else you wanted to touch on for this episode? No, I don't think so. Alrighty. I'll well, try to play Forza for eventually. <laughs> and probably end up just playing Jusson. Mm, yeah. Two games that you can come back and, and talk about and make me jealous that you played. Jusson's yeah. on PlayStation, right? That's not an Xbox exclusive. I don't think it's an Xbox exclusive, but it's on Game Pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let me check that real quick. Jusson. Can I spell it? Croissant. Good stuff. I've seen good things about this already. Yeah, I'm seeing people are really enjoying it. It is on PS5. Nice. Okay. Um. All right. Yeah. Well, either way, look forward to hearing your feedback on on those games. Yeah. Um, Yeah, feels like we can finally breathe. We're out of we're out of the cycle. Um right before heading into the game awards. So uh yeah, all right. Well, that does it for this episode. As always, thank you all so much for listening. Uh if you could do us a favor and leave us a rating or review wherever you do listen to the podcast, it'd be greatly appreciated. Don't forget you can find us on YouTube. You can leave us a comment on one of the videos letting us know your thoughts on either Spider-Man 2, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty, or you can just tell us what game you've been playing. And other than that, be sure to share it with a friend and we'll talk to you next week.